Hello and welcome to Bust and Beyond with your host, Robin Hayhurst. In this podcast, Robin will share his personal journey and experiences from his businesses and help you to learn from failure. You'll learn tips, tricks, and how to see things from a new perspective. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Robin Hayhurst. So I'm joining the company in 1999. It wasn't long before about three or four years that I ended up actually running the company with my father. And it was difficult. I think we, I thought we changed a lot. We hadn't changed a lot. We needed to change fundamentally. We'd had the same model for many, many years and it really wasn't current. It wasn't relevant. And we seemed to hit one problem after another. So we were building the company up. We had some successful developments going when 2008 hit, which was a very difficult time. And we had to fight. We had to really fight to stay in business. We had to speak to our mainstream bank who were treating us very unfairly. As all banks were treating all companies, but we had to fight. We had to go up the ladder and up the ladder and up the ladder to see if we could get someone who had some morals, who could see sense. And it really did deplete the money we had, the money we could borrow. We had to use other banks for borrowings. We went to private individuals and even a couple of friends helped out. So it was a very, very difficult time. And the key thing about that time was that we came out of it with very few funds. We had to have a rethink about how we worked. And we ended up working as joint ventures with people. So that was quite a big step for us and not operating on our own and bank's money, but we were working with other people who were funding us. And that made it quite difficult and really started some growth because we didn't need our own money, but the growth wasn't very controlled. And we started to make mistakes of employing the wrong people and employing panic. And that really cost us a lot of money. And also we it created a kind of monster that we had to then feed with work. And that kind of meant that we were taking on work perhaps we shouldn't have and we weren't thinking. When I say we, this was me. You know, it was my call at the time. My father was taking a back seat and was very much supporting me in the decisions, but I, you know, I was making mistakes and I really wasn't aware of it. So that's kind of where we started going. And because we had depleted funds, we ended up doing a job for I said joint venture. We signed a contract we should never have signed. Um, it kept on changing. There were outside influences as people that didn't treat us very morally fairly. People took advantage of the situation, but I put the company in that situation. I put the company into a situation where it was too risky for it. And I hadn't said no and I hadn't controlled because I just was doing it by the seat of my pants. And I think that was a kind of a, a big changing point. And we got to the point with one particular contract, the £10 million contract, that the joint venture partner who ended up being a client rather than a partner decided not to pay us for about £800,000. And we really had no choice but to close the company down. We had no funds to go on. And we did that in the hope to make sure that no one else went bust. And as far as I'm aware, no one else went out of business due to the company going out of business. But it was a really difficult time in my life. You know, failure is difficult. And in fact, I'd say it was the most difficult time in my life. I lost my father last year. 
And to put it in context, my father was my business partner, my mentor, and my father. And it was more difficult, the company going down, than losing him. Mainly because I had to fight every way. I had to get out of bed when I didn't want to. I had to keep motivated to carry on so that the subcontracts got money and, and, and other things happened. And all these kind of things that came out of the woodwork that, you know, started buying us on the bum really when we, we weren't ready for it. Whereas when my father died, I couldn't do anything. He was in hospital. It was COVID. I couldn't visit him. There was nothing I could do about it. I couldn't fight for him. It was up to him to do the fighting. And I really couldn't do a lot about that. Whereas when the company went bust, part of what I was doing was trying to defend my father, who was at the time was 75, 76, trying to keep him out of it. So he didn't go to the creditors meeting. He didn't go to all the things that happened. And I think with failure, people often looking on go, oh, that was easy. He just closed that company and started a new one. Well, it wasn't easy. It was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And however I made it look to other people, it wasn't like that. And yes, we did start a new company, um, just doing contracting, which ran for four or five years. But it, well, my heart and soul wasn't in it. It wasn't what I wanted to do. So I closed it. So really, we kind of failed big time. The company had been going for a long time, since 1969. We failed in 2015. I'm totally responsible for that. I got myself asked in that position. So really, the important thing is, after analysing and thinking about it, what lessons have I learned? What could I have done better? What would I change if I had to do it again? And that is what the next section is about. So lessons learned from my failure. I'm hoping to hear from other people about lessons learned from their failure. And they might be different, but I would say that one of the important lessons I learned was understanding risk. You need to quantify risk. You've got to understand that you can't just really nearly take it. So you need to really understand the risk you're taking. And if you can't take it, then you have to fight for the fact that you can't sign that contract. It's got to be changed. And I think we took a lot of risk. We took on the risk of the overspend on a £10 million contract. It was refurb. So that was our problem. We took that risk on. We shouldn't have. We weren't originally going to, but we did. There were outside influences and there was a change in team and there was people that really didn't want to see us succeed. But that's all kind of irrelevant, really. I put us in the situation where we took on that risk. So whoever I blame for the eventual failure, the, the risk, you know, I can only blame myself first. So that's quite an important part. So understand your risk. Don't enter into a contract if you can't physically cover the risk in money. So if you're doing a £10 million contract, you need a reserve. You need to know that you can do that. It's otherwise it's just too much. You can't do it. And you can't take that kind of risk on. So quantify it and understand it. So that's a big area. And we could talk about that a lot. But that's not about going into massive detail about these kind of things. But, but please understand risk. The second one was people. We had the wrong team. I had the wrong team. I employed people in panic. I employed people that didn't have the same core values as me. I employed people and then didn't delegate. I abdicated to them. And we had people that cost us a lot of money. They got things wrong. They couldn't control what we were doing. They didn't have the same morals as me. They didn't have the ability to value engineer. 
we employed one chap that was very, you know, out of a big corporate company, thought he had to have the experience, but he didn't have the ability to adapt. He didn't have the ability to see how to value engineer. He could only follow what he was told to do. And that just in his position just was not what we wanted. We had other people come in who really didn't have our best interests at heart. And there was no system for them to follow. So I abdicated to them. They did their own thing. I didn't get the delegation. I didn't get the information from them. I didn't do scoreboards with them. I didn't do all the things I teach now. And why do I teach it so passionately? Because I didn't do it. And it was a big thing that led to us failing. And I think I didn't bring, the the team was split between new people and, and people been for a long time. And I didn't bring the team along with me either. I just imposed, I dictated, and that was just wrong. Systems will fail if you don't try to bring your team along with you. They've got to believe in what they're doing. And I didn't do that. And people really weren't understanding what we were doing. And we'd move from a development approach to a kind of contracting approach. And we just didn't have the profit or the movement in the price to muck around. We had to value engineer everything. And a 1% saving was 1% saving. So I found it quite difficult for the team to understand that. And that was a kind of an important part of how we did it and, and, and what went wrong. And I now understand the importance of core values. I understand the importance of bringing the right people in, um, of having a system for them to, to work to. So that was really important. I think the third area was systems. We didn't have good systems in place. We couldn't understand accountability, and that was a, a big milestone. Going back to employing the wrong people, some subcontractors and new subcontractors, old subcontractors that worked for us a long time, suddenly we're dealing with other people, which was quite adversarial. And I've got to be honest, I had people phoning me up and I wasn't taking their phone calls because I was asking them to deal with people in the team, which I felt was the right thing to do. But it was the wrong thing to do because the team weren't doing their job. They weren't taking their phone calls. They were chasing money. They were chasing payments. Payments that we had the money to pay, by the way. But we had a team of surveyors that were far too adversarial and weren't actually meeting with these people and explaining what they were doing wrong if they weren't going to pay them. They're just ignoring them. And we had people with the wrong morals and they should never work with us or for us. And... You know, it was an important stage of what we were doing. And we didn't have the clear insight to that. I suppose the other area I've learned about is really, if you're going to grow your company, you've got to have a clear insight into what you're doing. You've got to have a clear insight into where you're going and how you're going to get there. And that makes it much more controllable. Otherwise, you just suddenly, one week you're doing 500,000. Next month, you're doing a million. It just goes on and on growing but there's no sense to it there's no profit you're just really feeding the animal you become a big company and you're feeding the animal you need to keep feeding it so i think that's an important part and in hindsight i should have got some help i should have got someone who understood the industry uh, to help me build the business and understand all this but I remember going out in 2005 and trying to find someone and i just couldn't find anyone that could mentor me in the business. And I felt I was a bit disloyal to my father anyway, because 
he was mentoring me, but things had to change. And I kind of knew it then. And it was a bit too late by the time 2008 hit us. But there's lots of ways to build a company and to build its authority in the industry. And we really didn't follow that. And we were quite a long way behind the times. Hopefully that's been of use to you. I'm hoping you enjoyed listening to me. The positive is, to me, is that I love what I do now. And I expect I will go back to working in the industry in some form or other, doing some my own developments. But I won't leave this role now. I absolutely love it. I enjoy helping people. And I think actually going through the process of failure it has given me the tools to help others. I've had some success in my life and I've been in the industry a long time and I've seen what works and what doesn't work. But it's the failure that I learned from the most and the failure that made me realise that some things that we, we learn are important and some aren't. When I read books now, I look at things and I go, that would have really helped. And I kind of think, well, how can I introduce that to my clients? But I look at a lot of things and go, that wouldn't have helped at all. They might be teaching it, but it just doesn't, doesn't work. So um, anyway, I hope you got some value. Uh, I really do hope this helps you not necessarily avoid failure. That's not what it's about, but perhaps to help you to run your company better and learn from the mistakes I've made. And we're looking forward to welcoming some guest speakers who can be as frank and honest about their failures and what happened beyond it and um, how they look back and see what they did wrong. And hopefully you can get some value out of their stories too. Thanks for listening to Bust and Beyond. Thanks for listening to Bust and Beyond with Robin Hayhurst. Be sure to tune in next time and visit his website at robinhayhurst.com.